Let's go. This is for bringing from Yudhis Tamus Tosh and Chav Gimel. This for bringing, which is 20 years from Tosh Shin Gimel, uh, 1943, the uh, Rebbe explains a word the Shri Rebbe said then, that for bringing 20 years before this for bringing. This is for bringing Tamus Tosh and Gimel, Thesim Shona, Tosaka Mucha Mor Bamre. Then the Fabrengen, 1943, Yubeis Tamus, the Fabrengen began the Fabrengen by saying, It is a human nature to want to be in your own comfortable surroundings. In general, this is a time, meaning Yubeis Tamus, the time it should be used out for the benefit of the rabbim, benefit of the many. But nevertheless, there is a time that a person wants to be in his own surrounding, meaning the way he is by himself. And the Freak of Ganist that a person has the power and ability to change the air around them. In general, a person is given the ability to change, to fix. A person is even given the ability to change the highest, loftiest thing, the air, the atmosphere. That's the Freak ever said in that Sikha. In the Aver, what is air? So in the books of Kabbalah, philosophy, and it says that the word Avr, the word air, is made up of two parts. The light of Yud. That means the light of the essence of the Neshama, of the Yud, should shine. Or the light of Yud. As the Altarab explains, that the word Eson has three meanings. Eson is the name of the Neshama. And the word Eson has three meanings. Yashan Kosha V'chazak. Hard, strong, and old. V'hina Kusha V'chazak. Hayashan Di'ata Hati Ishtarka Shishkachem Yisrael Ter Mitzvah Shavu'evn Shavu'ezer's Nefesh. So Eson is referring to the old hard strength that every Jew has to keep their mitzvahs to the extent of Masir's Nefesh. So that's the ace in the Neshama. So air, which is air yud, light of the Neshama, the light of the yud, means that the, the revelation of Eson, Shem Neshama. That's, that's what the word air means in Kabbalah. The revelation of the uh, of the essence of the neshama. So in Avir or Yud, Gil Eshem Shem Shem. Akon Teichan Akotzer Shal Sichan Shem. So in the first talk of the Friedrich Rebbe, that for bringing, he explained that air means the revelation of Yud, the revelation of the Eson of the neshama. Teichan Advarim. What that means is the theme of what uh, of what he was saying was, if to bring down this light of Yud into the air. In addition to the spiritual meaning of the word Avir, the light of Yud, there's actual air around you. 
It's not sufficient that the light of the neshama should shine in all other, the light of the eson of the neshama should shine in all the rest of the neshama. That's one expression of the meaning of the word avir, that the light of yud permeates the rest of the neshama. But more than that, a Jew has the ability to cause that the light of his neshama, the light of the Asa and the neshama, should influence the atmosphere of his entire surroundings. That means in every, that means in every country, in every place he comes to, then every place he comes to, he has to make an effort, and it depends on him, that in his entire surroundings, it should be his own aver, his own environment. In other words, what we're saying is like this. I'm going to send you a link. We're saying it like this. <clears throat> there, there is... Um, it's, it's kind of similar to the way the Rebbe explains in the Hayom Yom the meaning of the first line of the second chapter in Tanya. Second chapter in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe says that every Jew is given a second soul, which, which is a part of Hashem Mamish. Mamish. So, the, what's the meaning of the word Mamish? Mamish, liter, the word Mamish means something that's literal. And Mamish also means uh, something you can touch with your hands. Mamish means literal, and Mamish means something that, that, that you can grasp. Say the neshama is mamish godly. What does mamish godly mean? It could either mean it's really godly, it's super spiritual, or it can mean something that you, that that you can touch with your hands. So, so yom yom it says although the neshama is really godly, really spiritual, it's really impactful at the same time. It's something it's something you can touch with your hands. In other words, instead of thinking that the neshama is just something that that comes to to, to expression and and before you die or on Yom Kippur, maybe sometimes the the uh, the neshama is is uh, you got the got the link. Instead of thinking the neshama is just something that that that, that you could uh, it's in it's in text. Instead of thinking the neshama is is just something that you could um, access sometimes in some special scenario. Torah says, no, it's, it's, it's uh, mamish. It's, it's something that is very impactful, like something you can touch with your hands. But similarly, we're saying the word avir. Avir is made up of two words, er yud, the light of yud. It's the simple translation, Kabbalah, of avir is, we're talking about the light of the neshama impacting the rest of the neshama. The er, the light of yud. But avir also means you're, the atmosphere around you. So the idea of, of Avir is not just that your neshama, sh- the essence of your neshama should um, affect the way you think and the way you feel, but the essence of the neshama should become the environment that you're in. A Jew has the ability to create an environment. Some people, you know, they, they walk into a room, like, you're in their environment. You know, they, they have such a, a presence that they, uh, they create an environment. So in Hayom Yom also, the Rebbe writes how uh, every chassid has to a chassid makes an environment. There has, there has to be there has to be something that 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 is changed in the environment through the presence of a chassid. The simcha. The simcha. Yes, absolutely. Without simcha, it doesn't have the same effect. Simcha causes a much greater greater impact. 
So it's interesting in in another uh, letter of the Rebbe about the value of saying Mishnayis. Um, the Rebbe explains the meaning of saying Mishnayis while you walk around the street as something that's uh, beneficial to the air of the street. And he explains that just like you have to have kosher food, you also have to have kosher air. And the, and the, the kind of life you live depends upon the kind of air you breathe. So if you're walking around, you're saying words of Torah, so that, that affects the, the air that you're in. Um, but it seems like from in this <coughs> context, it was not talking about just about your saying words of Torah, it seems like they were speaking about creating an environment. Because there are mentions over here, you go wherever place you're in, whatever. Uh, oh, I'm disturbing. Whatever place you're in, you have the ability to create an environment. These two concepts, the actual atmosphere you're in, Ice base, you see it? I can read it, but I don't know. Look, I'm not translating. I'm listening to everything. Some, some, some. But I'll look at the words. You want me to look at the words? Go for it. If you can. I can, yes. The two ideas of air, of air. We just said, what are the two ideas? Air, yud, the light of Yud, and just the atmosphere, the air around you. They're connected to each other. They're connected to each other because the Altarab writes in Torah Or that a candle can only give light if there is oxygen around the candle. Without any air, the light of the candle will be extinguished and won't be able to shine at all. And this is true for every every kind of light. The light of a candle, a smaller candle, a larger candle, a torch, a bonfire. That the the lights the light depends on the air around it. So if the air would be sucked out, or if the air would be too uh, dense, then the light cannot continue to shine. Either the light would not be lit in the first place, or it would be extinguished immediately. So fire needs air. Any kind of fire needs air. Why is this true in this world? Whatever we see in this world, it's connected to its divine source in heaven. What's the meaning of light? What is, what is light? Light is the ability to see the truth of everything, to see the way it's something really is. You shouldn't have to touch it with your hand. You should be able to just see it, should be clear on the, on the outside. You shouldn't have to question and meditate and think, is it this way, is it not this way? Because it's light. Therefore, you see immediately the way things are. That's what light is. Light is you have to see immediately this is the way it is. And this has two aspects. 
What that means is, when something has light, what that means is that you're able immediately to see it and you're able to touch it. And number two, you have to figure out what it is. And number two, this clarity you have about this thing requires no outside assistance. You don't have to bring any proofs. You don't have to have any discussion. It's, it's intrinsically because there's light, so therefore you naturally know this is the way it is. Intelligence is similar to the functions in a similar way to light. Just like in heaven, the first of the ten spheres is a sphere of Chachma. So too, by a person, the first of his ten soul powers is his intelligence. Since the mind can control the heart, as the Zohar says, and the Alter Rebbe adds, it's not just your mind can control the heart, but that's your nature. That's where you were born. Nimsa. If the first soul power you have is your mind, is your intelligence, so that means that everything about a human being, the entire behavior of a human being, depends upon his mind, what his mind dictates. In the mind itself, there are different levels. In the mind itself, there are different levels. There is the, the, what's called Chachma. Chachma is the ability to see the essence of an idea. You have to see the truth of something, just like you see something with your eyes. So too, the idea of Seichel, of, of, of the highest level of Seichel, of Chachma, is the ability to see the essence of something. You know this is the way it is, and you have no doubt this is the way it is. That, that's Chachma. Chachma is the ability to... to to look at something and, and look at any, any situation and look at any question, and you know this is exactly the way it is. That's Chachma. Make sense? So light light and Seichel, light and Chachma have a relationship to each other. Because uh, it's the truth. Right. Right. The, the light gives you the ability to see the truth of something, and so does Seichel, and so does the power of Chachma. They get to, not just the, 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 the perimeters of something, but to get to the, the essence of something. Okay, I've always just said that the first sphere of, the first soul power per person is Seichel. That's the first soul power that has a vessel. There are other transcendent soul powers. We also have desire. We also have will. Desire and will are the source for our, our all the subsequent uh, soul powers. The difference, the difference between the transcendent soul powers and the kreches psimim and the internal ones is that desire and pleasure do not have any specific organ that they're associated with. They don't have any vessels. They, they're, 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 more, they're more transcendent, they're more impactful. Um, they, they're associated with the entire person versus one particular function. The power of intelligence is a function of intelligence versus desire affects your intelligence, affects your feelings, affects your movement. So, so that's why desire and pleasure are called makifim, they're called transcendent because they encompass the whole person, they affect everything about you. Uldugman. For example, how do we see that desire and pleasure affect the soul powers? 
The Gemara says a person should always study an area that, that they like studying or in a place they like to study. They should always study in a place that they feel they, like, they want to study in that place. Everyone has a certain affinity to certain places they like to study or certain areas in Torah. There are different interpretations of this statement of the Gemara. Either they're talking about what area, what topic you should study or it's talking about what uh, location you should study at. But either way, your mind is affected by the place that you want to study. Your mind is open and is able to study better because your desire is there. So that shows how desire affects your thoughts. There's even a halacha in the laws of honoring parents. Let's say your father tells you, I want you to study in the yeshiva of Pesach. And you say, I want to study yeshiva in Baltimore. And you see you're going to have success in the yeshiva of Baltimore. So the halacha is, you don't have to listen to your father. And your father's saying, don't go there. You don't have to listen to your father, and you're able to go to Baltimore. Similarly, what does your heart's desire have to do with your understanding? Whether, whether, whether you like this place or don't like this place, if you make an effort, you'll understand it. Who cares if you enjoy it or not? So why is, why is, effort, why is desire uh, so significant? The explanation is, the success of the various soul powers that have, are associated with organs, the internal soul powers, their success depends upon their source, their root. Desire and pleasure are the source of the soul powers, and therefore, if your desire is not there, you're not going to get it. Even though you might make an effort, it's not going to be the same as if you, as if you want to be there. So Chassidus says that the sphere of Keser, the desire and pleasure, the many sources and reasons why Chassidus says this, the sphere of Keser, the sphere of desire and pleasure, is called air. That is the source of the air in the world. The air comes from desire and pleasure. From the sphere of Keser, where that corresponds to the divine sphere called Keser. Just like by your wisdom, your intelligence, in, you need to have desire there to trigger your seichel. Your desire is a source of your intelligence working. Then you'll be successful in understanding things. So too is this true physically in regards to the, the spirit, physical light, physical fire, which is comparable and comes from wisdom. So just like, just like air, sorry, just like fire needs air, and fire gives off light, so fire is comparable to wisdom, which wisdom also gives us clarity and everything. So just like fire needs air, so too our wisdom needs air. What's the spiritual counterpart for air? Desire and pleasure. So the reason why when you light a candle it needs oxygen is because your mind needs to have, for, for, for you to function, for you to understand things properly, you need to have your desire there. If your pleasure is not there, your desire is not there, 
you won't send things in the same way. Similarly, you cannot have a fire, which is, works in the same way that intelligence does, without air, without, um, without the um, desire and pleasure. Okay. Now we just said that we're able to impact Air is affected by our actions. There's a proof for this is in Gemara. The the inner dimension of Torah is called just, just that, the inner dimension of Torah. Because the other parts of Torah are an extension and an outgrowth of the inner dimension of Torah. This is the inner of the outer. This is the neshama, the, the soul of Torah, is the essence of the body of Torah. So therefore, whatever you see in the inner dimension of Torah, in Hasidus, you could find also in the Gemara. The, the Gemara, the Shulchan Arach, is the, is the external expression of what's, what is the truth of Hasidus and truth of Kabbalah. So since Torah comes from the word instruction, and the action is the main thing, there, there has to be something that we, of what we just said has to express itself in some law and halacha, and that is in the idea of purity and impurity. Seemingly, something which is in your hands, it makes sense, you're able to cause it should become pure or it should be not pure. But air, if you have no effect on air, for good or not, so you shouldn't be able to say about air that you, you, could, you could make it pure or not. But we see that there are actions a person could do that he could cause the air in his place should be pure. If he brings, if he, by making sure that, not, that nothing that in the air, that's tummy comes in the air. Nothing that's impure comes in the air. Even more, even if the air is already impure, he has the ability to change things. As the Gemara says, the Torah says, sometimes you have to break the house, take the stones, build the house anew. So then this house, now the air in the house is pure. Before this house was impure because it had the house at Saras, now the air in the house was impure. And a person can now change that and, and, and break the house and rebuild the house and create a pure environment. So this is a proof that even air is affected by our actions. Yo, Sato.